0: Hello. Can you hear me? Excellent. Thank you. Good morning, and welcome to Boomerang Church. Good morning to everybody who's tuning in online. I, uh, I always hum the theme to that when it opens up, so I had to make sure I didn't do that today because my mic's on. So, uh, Well, good morning, and we're going to be doing uh, lesson number 16 today of the Andrew Womack series of discipleship classes. And uh, I heard, although I haven't seen yet, last week's lesson was really something special about Receiving the Holy Spirit. Deb, I heard you did an awesome job. So today's going to be a continuation of that. We're going to talk about the benefits of speaking in tongues. So I'm assuming everybody knows what speaking in tongues is. Y'all heard last week's lesson. If you're not sure, come see me after this lesson. (laughs) So benefits of speaking in tongues. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. Forgive me, please. Um, One... (laughs) One of the things that happened when the baptism of the Holy Spirit first came was that all the people who were, uh, were there spoke in tongues. Acts 2, 4, Acts two four says that on the day of Pentecost they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Consistently, all the way through the book of Acts, There was a manifestation of God's presence when the people received the Holy Spirit. Of course, there is much more to the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues, but it is one of the most important manifestations. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 13 and 14 says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he might interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. When you pray in tongues, your spirit prays. Once you speak in tongues, pray that you interpret so your understanding will become fruitful. I can give my own personal testimony that when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues, it changed my life dramatically. And this is Andrew Womack speaking. I believe when I got born again, Christ came to live inside of me and he deposited everything there. But when the Holy Spirit came upon me, it started to manifest to me and other people. There are a couple of things that happened. The first year I prayed in tongues, my mind told me it was crazy, that all I was doing was wasting time. And it took faith for me to pray in tongues, which is the reason Jude 20 says, You build yourself up. In your most holy faith. It takes you out of the natural thinking and reasoning and it puts you into supernatural faith. Another thing I experienced was that when I prayed in tongues, people that I hadn't thought of for years would come to my remembrance. I'd start praying for them and within a day or two they would come to my, I'm sorry, they would contact me and I'd find that something miraculous had happened. This happened so many times that I finally began to put those things together and realized that when I was praying in tongues, I was praying with the wisdom that went beyond my mental ability. My spirit, that knew all things and had the mind of Christ, was praying for people in ways that I could never do with my own physical understanding. One day I was praying in tongues. As I said, it took faith for me to pray in tongues, and I was was battling some thoughts like, you could be speaking in English and doing some good instead of <laughs> speaking this gibberish. I had to deal with these thoughts and put them down, and I just kept praying. A guy I hadn't seen for years knocked on my door, and he came in. He didn't say hello or anything. He sat down and began to cry and pour out his heart because he was having a lot of problems. I sat there thinking, boy, I should have been praying in English. My next thought was, how would I have known to pray for him when I hadn't seen him for four years. Finally, it just dawned on me that I had been praying, I had been praying, and God had been preparing me. I had been interceding for him in a way that I could not have done if I were praying with my own understanding. Suddenly, a revelation began to come to me, and I told him, I can tell you what your problem is, and I finished his story for him, and I gave him his answer. You have to understand that this was back when I was in a denominational church. He didn't know what had happened to me, and I wasn't sure, and it scared us both. But it was the power of God in manifestation, and he used it supernaturally. That is what this means. When you pray in tongues, it's your spirit praying. Your spirit has been born again and has the mind of Christ and knows exactly what to do. It has an unction or an anointing from God so that you know all things and there is no limitation to your spirit. If you could walk in the power and revelation of your spirit, it would transform your physical life. One one way of doing that, though not the only way, is to just start speaking in tongues. Recognize and believe that when you do, you're building yourself up in your most holy faith and your spirit is praying the hidden wisdom of God and the perfect revelation of God is coming then according to 1 Corinthians verse 14 I'm sorry First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 13 pray that you can interpret this doesn't mean you have to stop praying in tongues and pray in English to interpret it just means that your understanding becomes fruitful If you give a message in tongues in a church service, you have to stop and interpret in English. When you're praying by yourself, what I do is pray in tongues and then trust that God is giving me revelation. I think this is the most important part right here. Sometimes my attitude just changes. I don't have a specific word, but suddenly I see things clearly and I get a different perspective. It may take a week before I get the full revelation, but I believe the time spent praying in tongues and believing, believing that I interpret is a part of it. Speaking in tongues is important for many reasons. Certainly, more than to prove that you've received the Holy Spirit, it should be a part of your everyday life. It is a way to communicate directly from your heart to the Father bypassing your brain with its doubts and its fears and it builds you up in your most holy faith and it releases the hidden wisdom of god i just pray that all of you will be able to follow in this release your faith and receive the full benefit of speaking in tongues so i can i can give my personal testimony that when i was first invited to uh, a church um, that was born again, believing church, and um, they started speaking in tongues. And I, I came from the Catholic faith. We don't, we don't do that, you know. So this was all brand new to me. And so th- there was this whole group of people in the church speaking in tongues and rather loudly. And I sat there in the middle of that, going y'all are crazy, and I was saying it out loud because they were so loud they couldn't hear me, so I I was saying, this is crazy, this is crazy, y'all are nuts, this is crazy. So there's a little bit of a lesson to be learned there, and uh, I had a pastor say this, and he didn't believe in speaking in tongues, but there there was an important part to this. They were going to do a uh, prison ministry, uh, and a small group of them were about to go into the prison, and and if you've ever been in a prison, that's a pretty hairy place. I mean, you you have to build yourself up spiritually to go in there and minister, and uh, they got in a group to, to pray before they went in. And the group started praying in tongues. Well, he, he didn't really even know what that was at the time. And it kind of freaked him out. I mean, it threw his game off. So he wasn't necessarily prepared. There was no interpretation. There was no understanding. So he was sort of uh, put off by that. So I'm not saying that you need to be uh, to silence yourself when you feel the urge to, to pray in tongues, but you've got to kind of be careful who your audience is. And I think Paul warns us of that in, in the New Testament that he said, you know, I'd rather speak 10,000 words in, in audible English than one in tongues if it doesn't do anybody any good. So there's kind of two ways to look at it praying in spirit. Uh, It will benefit you first and foremost it will build you up in your faith it will edify you it will change your perspective it will give you clarity it may give you revelation to a situation you're dealing with but for instance if I was just to pull Barrett aside and she doesn't know what tongues is and I start speaking in tongues right in her face it's gonna freak her out she doesn't know what I'm doing she doesn't know what I'm saying it's not necessarily going to help her so there's a there's a proper time and a place that's just my personal addition to the lesson here so anyway, let's answer some questions. I'm going to read scripture, and then I'm going to randomly call on you to answer those questions. So pay attention. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to do things a little differently, indeed. Uh, Jude uh, chapter chapter <laughs> <laughs> Jude chapter one verse twenty. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the question is, what great benefit is received by praying in the Holy Ghost? Priscilla. You know what? Let me get this. We build each other up in our most holy faith. Right. So what benefit is received by praying in the Holy Ghost? And yes, you, you build each other up. You build yourself up. Good. Okay. To heckling, we were you. Yeah. <laughs> All hecklers will be called on. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 4. And that says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So the question is, how many people were filled with the Holy Spirit? And remember, this is the day of Pentecost. How many people were filled with the Holy Spirit? Page.
1: Everyone present.
0: Everyone present, indeed. Thank you. These are so hard. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray, I'm sorry, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. So the question is, uh, what did they do as a result of being filled? Miss Deb, would you answer? Their spirits were praying. Indeed, they were. Sorry. I'll give it to you turned off. (laughs) Okay, number four. Uh, Let's see here. What part of you is praying when you pray in an unknown tongue? Peggy, can you answer this question? In in the mic. Your spirit. Your spirit is praying. Very good. And when a person prays in an unknown tongue, do people understand what is being said? Rachel? Rachel?
1: if they have a gift interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and I
0: thought about that, too, because when they did speak at the Pentecost, everyone did understand. In their own language, they understood. Yeah. Uh, Even unbelievers understood then because they were speaking languages that they understood.
1: Right, right,
0: indeed. There was a miracle that took place where they could understand even the, the tongues that were being spoken that were unknown to others. Yes, indeed. So yes, there can be interpretation. And I believe, Pastor, you even had a testimony of a guy th- that interpreted, the lady came in and spoke in tongues, and, she, and he said, you called me by my name in my own native language. So there can be. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Question number question number five. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 For if you have the ability to speak in tongues you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you you will be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will be all it will all but it will all be mysterious so the question is when a person speaks in an unknown tongue to whom are they speaking, Jimmy? To God. To God. Directly to God. Yes, indeed. Uh, question number six. When a person prays in an unknown tongue, we did this already. Do people understand what is being said? <laughs> no, they do not. Typically, no, they do not. Uh, question number seven. When you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit is speaking what? What? Sharon, can you answer that question? When a person prays in an unknown tongue, your spirit is speaking what?
1: By the power of the Spirit.
0: It's speaking by the power of the Spirit, but content content wise, what are you praying out? It is in the King
1: James.
0: It's the last line here.
1: It will be all mysterious.
0: Mysterious, yes. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery. It is the wisdom of God being prayed out, the wisdom and the will of God being prayed out, which is mysterious to us. It surpasses our physical understanding. Okay, question number eight. Let's see here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy Strengthens the entire church. So the question is when you pray in tongues, you do what? Harley, can you answer that question?
1: It strengthens personally.
0: Yes, it's edification, they call that. When you right. build yourself up, that's edification. Yeah, they use that term quite a bit in the Bible. Uh, and I believe that concludes the questions. Does anybody have any questions about speaking in tongues or benefits of speaking in tongues? for Rachel?
1: I've always been told that there are different ways to speak in tongues. One is a spiritual gift and one is a personal spirit language. Maybe we could define that a little bit better.
0: I'll let him answer (laughs) that. Because I believe you're right. I just don't have the knowledge to be able to
1: explain it to you. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Well, there was, here you go, you didn't have that. There was one last uh, question that says, uh, before I answer that, there's one last question that says, when you pray in tongues, you're doing what? And it says, you are blessing and giving thanks to God. And um, it's important to understand that when we operate in the spirit, we're not just edifying ourselves, but we are ministering to God as well. And we're praying out his will and praying out his plans. Things that, like what Andrew's testimony says, things we didn't even know about, you know, things we couldn't have known about. And uh, I've always asked this question is, do you know everything that there is to know about God? Do you know everything there is to know about this world? Do you know everything that there is to know about this universe? Then you could probably use some help in the prayer category, right? <laughs> if you're if we are in authority on this earth, which the word does teach us that we are, if we're in authority on this earth, Uh, Because he says, the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. That's speaking of authority. And then Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto me. You go therefore, in my authority, you go in my authority, go in my power. That's what he was saying. If the power of the earth is in our hands, then we need a power flowing through us that is beyond our own understanding and comprehension, Okay, so there's several different ways of tongues and even in the prayer languages, there's several different ways of each one of those but basically you have a like a what's called a public gift that is meant for the church. That's the one that must be interpreted. Okay? So if you come up here and you got a word in tongues, it needs to be interpreted. And if there's not somebody with a gift of interpretation that's in the in the congregation, then you should pray yourself for that interpretation. Um it and one good thing about doing that interpretation from a pastor's standpoint is you have people that come in all the time that think that they're filled with the Spirit, or actually, but a lot of times they can be moving in a spirit of control. And so I've seen I've seen people actually stand up and go, "I have a word," and they'll start shouting out a word. Well, and from a pastor standpoint, I won't the interpretation to come to that, or I want to go back to that person and say, all right, you interpret it. If you want to stand up and pray in tongues and look spiritual, you better back it up, you know? <laughs> and uh, that, a lot of times, it helps cleanse out if there's any false uh, things going on there. So that's, I would say that's multi-purposed in that. So we need that interpretation. Because if I just stand up in here and I just spout off in tongues, you your spirit may even be lifted by that Without understanding. And mine would be without understanding because that's what scripture says. But the point is what Paul said was I'd rather say five words in a known language than 10,000 in tongues or an unknown language. The purpose when we come together is to, I think what he's saying in that the purpose is to communicate okay? That's the purpose. We are, we're not here just to get a shot in the arm and not grow. The purpose of the body of Christ is to build up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. So we're not here just to get a shot in the arm only or just to get healed. We're here to grow. And so when we come together, we need communication. That's the point of it. Now, part of that communication is releasing and imparting part of that power, so the two different kinds that you have is the public gift, but then you also have anybody that's filled with the Spirit can pray in tongues. They may not know that they can, they might not think that they can, but they have what's called a personal uh, prayer language. Anybody that is a Christian can get filled with the Spirit and be able to pray it that way. So this is not a specific or special thing that can happen just to a few select people. And well, they get to pray out the mysteries of God and edify themselves and minister to God. But you don't. No, no, no. It's available to anybody that will simply ask God once they've been born again. That it, and which is awesome because I uh, I wrote a couple of notes that I wanted to share on this. Um, here's Here's part of the power of being filled with the spirit, and we did a teaching um, we did a teaching way back when we first started this class on the gifts of the spirit and praying in the spirit and the gift of tongues and I would highly encourage you to watch that you can go I think that one was included in the at the very bottom of our archive videos and audios and then um I just did a teaching a few Wednesdays ago on being filled with the Spirit. Do y'all remember what the exact title of that was? Okay, all right, thank you. And uh, so, and I re- we had some guys that had never really been in a Spirit-filled church before, and they came up to me and they went, "Thank you so much, because I've never heard it taught from the Word like that." And it just they really saw because. In the New Testament, there had never been a filling with the Spirit up until Acts chapter 2. That had never occurred. Even in Jesus, the Spirit came on him. But there was not this infilling power. You see? So, he he was moving in the fullness of the power of the Spirit, but it was different. This is the first time believers. Let me put it this way: the first time that believers were filled was in Acts chapter two. So, up until that point, you know, as far as we know, the devil didn't even know that being filled with the Spirit was possible. Well, as soon as you see, when he heard Jesus say, "When I send the promise of the Father," uh, and he's going to come on you, and you will be empowered to be my witnesses. When he said over in Luke, I think it's chapter 11, that you ask the ask God for the Holy Spirit, and he will give him, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Well, the devil would recognize that and say, hmm, that sounds really good. Don't want them to have that. So, instantly, as soon as this started to happen, I guarantee you, he started coming up with strategies to get people not to receive. So, one of the biggest things that he did over the last 2,000 years is tell people, uh uh-uh, uh, you don't want this. This is of the devil, you know, and start, you know, putting all these lies out like that. Why? Because it's one of the strongest things a believer. matter of fact, Jesus put it this way. He said, look, disciples, apostles, I know you've been with me all these years. My anointing's probably rubbed off on you. But you don't go anywhere. Do not leave Jerusalem until the promise comes. In other words, what he was saying is, you need this to go and do what I've called you to do. And so the devil knows that. It's real simple for him. He recognizes it, so he doesn't want to. And then you have people that got filled with it, and then it becomes kind of a status symbol. Well, I can pray in tongues. What can you do? You know. And And so then you've got ministers that will be like that, and so they try to make a show out of it. Well, that just makes it scary and weird, and then that just adds to the whole stereotype of it. So it's not, it's not scary. It can be weird to your mind simply because um, you don't know everything there is to know about God. So for us to think that it's not going to be weird uh, to, our, to our logical brain, to our physical brain, well, that's kind of silly. There's going to be things about God we don't know. So anything moving by the Spirit is likely to cross over those lines of what our fleshly mind would call normal okay so here's here's something that i'd shared the other night did what's was the name of that one the holy spirit 101 101. so you can go back to the archives and watch that it's really good teaching just kind of on the how the lord wants to and what the bible says about it and kind of knocks over some of the spiritual cows and um or kills them or does something with them (laughs) yeah i know that's uh yeah those, those sacred spiritual cows, but that, I, I meant to say those those religious cows that 's what I was looking for the religious ones so but it and it helps make it plain and simple so um, here's one of the things that I said during this all right, so imagine that you're dying in the desert of thirst, right? What you need is water to live, all right, so when we receive Jesus. We receive a cup of life-giving water, and in, in the Holy Spirit seals us with life. In other words, our life is preserved. But if you can imagine, in that same desert, we have the opportunity to find an oasis by being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, we don't just get a cup. We're not just, our lives are not just saved. We get to take a bath in it. And he calls it rivers of living water. Not just a cup of living water. He calls it rivers of living water. In other words, it doesn't stop flowing. And that's why we need filling. Because our whole purpose, and go to 2 Corinthians, I think it's 9, 8 or 8-9, but I think it's 9-8. Our whole purpose is to overflow into the lives of other people. Well, if you're overflowing, that means that you have a an abundant supply. Well, that comes back to being filled with the Spirit. Imagine this, though. Imagine uh, uh, in leading. I want to talk about two areas real quick. Leading and power. A lot of people want to be led by God. A lot of people want to receive Leading, I want to hear from God, I need to know what his plans are, stuff like this. So imagine that inside of you, you're you are you're alive, you have a cup of water, and when you're being led, this uh, this water tilts to the left or to the right, maybe it's a yes, maybe it's a no, right? Or imagine being in the river of God and it's absolutely flowing one way. Which one is going to make it easier for you to find out what God wants to do. This or being swept up in the river. Okay, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does and I'll talk about how tongues relates to that. Now think about power, all right? Same thing on the inside of me. Power wise, do I want a cup or do I want the fullness of the current of a river? All right, this is why the devil tries to keep it away from us. Because when we get filled with the Spirit, that's what happens. Praying in tongues is led by the Spirit. If you think it says it's the Spirit prays through us, it's your Spirit praying. In other words, praying in tongues is a direct connection between the Holy Spirit and your Spirit. In other words, in order for me to uh, speak out the syllables that the Holy Spirit is given to me at some on some level in order for me to be able to do that. I've got to connect to the Holy Spirit. I've got to hear his voice, right? So one of the things that I found was years and years and years ago, the Lord told me... Um, I was just seeking a deeper walk with him. And one of the things that he challenged me to do, I was reading about Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, it said, I think Smith's statement was that I read was, I never prayed for longer than 15 minutes, but I never went 15 minutes without praying. And I went, well, that's a great idea. And, And you shouldn't always just copy what somebody else did. That's their revelation. But in this instance, the Holy Spirit said, you should copy that. So that was right for me to do. Uh, you shouldn't just copy that because I said it. You need you need that leading. So right in that moment, I said, I want to do that. I'm, I won't pray more than 15 minutes, but I won't go 15 minutes without praying. So I set my little digital watch, and every 15 minutes, it went beep, 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 right? And so about 15 minutes went by, and I'd pray. And then I'd stop, and then I'd get 15 minutes go by, and I'd pray. Well, it you know, by about noontime... I was fresh out of prayers. I was like, Lord, I don't have a clue. What do I, I i prayed about my family, I prayed about my job, prayed about this and the church and this and that and everything else. I I'm fresh out of prayers. And uh I said, What do you want me to do? And he said, Hello, why don't you pray in the spirit? <laughs> and I was like, I you know, I wasn't as sharp back then okay and and so and then I went, I went, oh yeah, so I started praying in the spirit, well, that went on, and it got to the point where I stopped setting my watch. I found myself. Praying all the time. And finally, that scripture that says pray without ceasing came alive to me, which I realized I'm not supposed to just get up in the morning and pray for an hour. I'm not supposed to just get up in the morning and set. all right, now I did my daily prayers. My day's gonna go all right now. No, I'm praying all the time. I mean, in between the time this class ends and I walk back to my office, I'm probably gonna start praying in the spirit. I might not even recognize it. It's my spirit prayer. But I've gotten the habit of being connected to the spirit. Well, there's something that happened in that in that in that process. I started because I was doing that all the time. I started to recognize that leaning I started to recognize the flow of the Holy Spirit, and my ability to be led by God grew and grew and grew and grew. That was a side effect of praying in the spirit all the time, but I had no idea when I started that, I was just being obedient to what God had asked. Well, the other thing that happened in that was the power, because I'm edifying myself and building myself up on the most holy faith, the power of God started to rise in me simply because I was praying without ceasing. So it was an incredibly powerful thing, and then I would find myself praying for people you know, and I I remember one point, this was a few years ago, I was talking to somebody and I said, hey, and out of my spirit, um, and I'm not going to try and explain what that feels like, but out of my, I just knew it, out of my spirit, I said, yeah, I've been praying for you. And I walked away from that conversation going, Lord, I just lied to that lady. I haven't been praying for her. I don't ever remember praying for you, her. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me on the inside and said, who says you hadn't been praying for her? You have been praying for her because you've been praying in the spirit, and I went. He said, "Remember the other day when you were praying in the spirit and you started thinking about them." And I went. He said, "You were praying for them right then. That's why. That's why out of your spirit you said that you were praying for." And I went, "Oh my goodness." So what happens is the Lord will bring up stuff that you don't even have a clue about. He'll solve issues and problems so that you never see them. Here's the thing. I, I kind of shudder to think the number of problems that we have put down that we never had to face simply by praying in the Spirit all the time. And see, some people will look and go, well, you're just lucky. You just go through life and you just don't have any problems. Nonsense. We got we got stuff. We just pray them down before we ever see them. It helps us go in the right Right place at the right time, yes, ma'am.
0: I find it um, when Jeff was going over the lesson with me the other day. um, When he was reading the example about he, the gentleman finding it weird to pray. I forget who in the lesson that we were just okay. Oh, okay. I thought it was his friend though, where he was the testimony that you gave. Anyway, he said that he was finding it. He didn't want. I find it easier for me to pray in the spirit than to pray in regular. Yeah, sure. yeah. When I said that to Jeff, I was like, well, for me, that's opposite. I don't. I find it easier and, um, and yeah, so that's what I wanted to share.
1: But anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's, and you you can grow to that place or it can be natural for you, but one of the great things is, you know, and I've heard this joke for many years, is in our natural mind, we, are, we have all of the natural stuff the flesh and its desires, and so a lot of times we're praying, Lord, give me that bass boat, give me that bass boat. And then if we learn, <laughs> if we learn how to pray in the spirit, and the joke is, as soon as you start praying in the spirit, what's actually being said in the spirit is forget all that that he just said, and this is actually the will of God, you know. And um, so there's a the Holy Spirit will help you pray exactly right. And you know, one of our things here is, I mean. I I told you there's a lot of pastors and a lot of churches that this is their whole, I mean, everything they do is in, in tongues almost. It seems like you go in and you hear tongues from the start of the service to the end. I don't do it that often in the service unless God tells me to. Um, for instance, uh, just a couple of months ago, and, and here's why, because I don't need to move Um, I pray plenty in the spirit before the service starts so that when I get into the service, I can communicate in the power and the anointing of God. So I'm not trying to build it up while I'm here. I'm already built up. Now, that's, that's part of it. But it is right to do it in a service if the Lord leads, for example... Uh, just a few months ago, we had a particular service, and I just I remember this one specifically because I'm sitting there. We had a few guests in here, and you know, sometimes guests they're scared by that stuff. Some times they they enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, some of them think, yeah. Some of them think we ought to. Do, amen. He makes me want to pray right now. <laughs> so, and so some you know, and but the logic side of it from a pastor and. He has to face this Now I've put this down But still it'll come up And I have to deal with it Because I still have a flesh And so I'll say uh, You know that day I remember we had a few guests They were new They didn't know if we were You know spirit filled church or not And uh, I think personally Spirit filled is Man That you need to do that As soon as you get born again Because how can you have the power To walk through this stuff Without it You don't You need it That God gave it to you. Well, Christ is enough. Yeah, and Christ, your Lord and Savior, said, Be filled. Okay, so, uh, sermon over. All right, so, um, here's the thing. So that day, there were several guests, and my flesh was saying, "Mm, They might not come back. If you do that, they might not come back. But I'm like, Look, the Holy Spirit said, Do this. I don't care, flesh, what you think, or what logic says, or what, who cares? Does not matter. What matters is, what did God say? And he said at the end of this service to pray in the spirit. So we got to the end of the service and we were just standing here closing out. And I just prayed out loud in the spirit. And uh, then I believe I gave an interpretation after that. And um, I think I asked first. Now, I don't remember that part exactly, but I I won't do it without doing an interpretation. And um, so... Didn't know what what happened from that. I knew I felt the power of God as I was doing it. Don't always feel that. We're not to be moved by feelings. And about that time, uh, there was a young man over here. And later on that day, uh, he had never experienced that. He said, uh, he said, brother, he said, I have never felt the power of God like I did today. And I said, "When were you talking about?" He said, "When you talked in that uh, foreign language. What language was that?" I'm like, <laughs> "It wasn't an earthly language. It was, it was, you know, praying by the Holy Spirit. He, because I never touched him. You know, I never, I never, never did anything. I was standing right here, and the power of God hit him in his description like I have never felt the power of God." Now, I don't know what he needed in his life, but I can tell you this. He needed that touch that day, which came by me praying in that way. So, who cares what the devil thinks, my flesh thinks, or whatever else? What needed to happen was obedience to what the Holy Spirit said, because he needed touch. And I guarantee you, he wasn't the only one that got touched. And see, a lot of times what will happen when you're praying in the Spirit, like now, a lot of times when I first started praying in the Spirit, I felt it. You know, it was like, woo, I could feel it, you know. But now, I'll pray in the Spirit. Most of the time I don't feel anything. But I know according to this word I am being strengthened. I am being energized. I am being empowered. So it doesn't matter what I feel. I'm not you know the sons of God do not do not go by and live by what they feel. They live by faith, right? The just shall live by faith and they're led by the spirit of God in Romans 8:14, I believe it is. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God or the children of God. And so it doesn't matter what I feel. What matters is what does God want to do? And so, and that's the thing. So Ephesians 5.18 says this, talking to all believers, this says, be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit, and that be filled there that's an ongoing verb. The literal translation of that says, be continuously filled. in other words, be filled, then be filled again and be filled again. In other words, constantly you should be asking God, fill me. With your Holy Spirit, and Luke 11 says, if you ask of God, He will do what He's given you to do, and then you start walking in the power of God that may not be normal to this world, but God wants it to be very normal to you, Amen. And you don't have to be weird to do that. You just have to be obedient, Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the filling of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so.